New on Curiosity Stream. From time to time, we have collisions between asteroids and the Earth. We track them. We study them. We hope the big one never comes. Don't look up. It's Asteroid Rush. And alligators. They rarely get sick. They even outlasted the dinosaurs. Could they hold the secret to human longevity? Their blood could have antibacterial applications. Wade into the investigation on immortal alligators. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Show, the place where WEEI.com's Rob Bradford talks all things that interest him. Some of which you might just want to listen to. So sit back and soak in another episode of the soon-to-be award-winning show a whole bunch of people are talking about. Here's Rob Bradford. Welcome to another edition of the Bradford Show, sponsored, as always, by Ghoul's Distinctive Clothing and Hub New England Insurance, two of my best friends. I encourage you deeply, deeply to investigate their services. Immediately, another person who we are going to investigate his services, the Uh-oh. DJ Bean, live from Montreal, day of Game 3, Bruins, Canadians. DJ, what's going on? Boop, boop, what up? Uh, first off, how was the trip? The trip was excellent. Driving through Vermont never gets old. It was fantastic. There was a rest stop where we rested. It was so much fun. Give me the give me the highlight of the trip. Highlight of the trip. Now uh, you should we should clarify that you uh, you your preferred mode of transportation for the trip up to Montreal this time around was a car. Yes. Okay. I, I generally ride shotgun with like I'm kind of a sought after riding companion. I ne- I never really drive up there, but I always sit shotgun. I spin the the hits of the. 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and today, and I provide a lot of witty commentary on what's going on in the world, and that's what I do. Well, uh, clearly it paid off, because you got there, everyone got there in one piece, and you didn't have to resort to doing license plate game, you didn't have to resort to what does that cloud look like, Uh, so congratulations, you made it. So, we're going to get right to it. And this this is an innovative Brad Bradfo show today. Probably the most innovative Bradfo show we've had to date. Day two, 
Uh, although yesterday was pretty good. I mean, Kirk, Kirk Minahan always brings it. We understand. And he brought it so hard yesterday that you could make him out well enough, even though his mic wasn't on. So uh, it, was, it was magical. And this one is going to be a step up. And what we're going to do with DJ, live from Montreal, getting ready for the Bruins-Montreal game tonight, is that he, DJ is going to answer questions. At DJ underscore Bean. He hasn't been able to get rid of that underscore despite his wild popularity of late. Uh, someday, someday maybe you'll be verified and get rid of the underscore. I, I would rather be verified than get rid of the underscore. Uh, That's some next level. Yeah, right you there. know, that, that shows me that your ego's out of control. Uh, it to, is. To be, that, isn't that good, though? Don't, so uh, that puts me on the Kirk Minahan fast track. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, because he, he isn't a verified guy. You know, you can say what you want about his ego, but, but uh, I think that that's really the good lit, litmus test. Either you choose to get rid of the underscore or, or get the, the verification. And I guess so I'll start off with, you know, at Bradfoe is asking, why would you get rid of the underscore? No, why would you be verified before you get rid of the underscore? Because there is already a DJ Bean. It's just DJ Bean, no, um, no underscore. I'm going to look him up right now because I'm pretty sure at last check his only tweet was, we're pulling him up right now. Yes, he has one tweet. His name is Daniel Souza. He has an egg. And his tweet is Globo Esporte. He follows 22 people, has 11 followers, but one of the people he follows is Sarah Bareilles. So I think that we're not too too different. Have you tried it, contacting him? I try maybe once or twice a year. And he does not respond. And it's usually, right, it's usually like, hey, idiot, I'm trying to ditch this underscore. Can you, you don't tweet, you haven't tweeted in years. Can you please give me this handle? But come to think of it, like, I don't want anything to happen to this guy. Like, I don't want to have to get rid of the underscore because something happens to this Daniel Souza guy. So, so. so basically, like, taking a bullet for someone, you're taking the underscore for Daniel Souza. Exactly right. I think that he's a good guy. Congratulations. All right, so what we're going to do here, uh, the Bradfoe Show, if you put it on bumper stickers, the tagline would read, things that I care about and maybe you might care about as well. Uh, and I think that people do care about the Bruins today, and I do think people care about DJ Bean for some inexplicable reason. And we took to Twitter to actually find that out. So what we're going to do? <laughs> the answer was an overwhelming no. We're going to we're going to do a little bit of the we're going to do a little bit of the bean bag here. Okay. A little bit of the Twitter bean bag, but we're going to do it in a way because we like to keep things creative. 140 characters is Twitter. You yep. you know that right? So your answers to these Twitter questions along the, that theme is that your answers are going to have to be 140 seconds or less. You think you can do that? Yes, hold on. I'm responding to an idiot Canadians fan. Okay. Well, don't you're not multitasking. You, you're focusing solely on this. Okay. And let's party. It, it, yeah. So 140 seconds or less, which I think should be your rule of thumb with every single radio interview you do. Right, and, and I hope you're not saying that specifically to me. I think that's just the way it should be anyway. I think writers do this. I think, yes. I think reporters have so much information. They get right. to a point and they feel like I have to give more information. And that's and you hear it. You hear yourself. Totally. I hear, I hear myself, and and you realize, oh man, you know, I should not have kept talking there. Right. You're like, how did I get to this? Like, the question was about what's the Bruins' third line going to look like, and like now I'm talking about the, like the Stars trading Jerome McGinley to the Flames. Yes, somehow. exactly. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna try to solve that problem. 
solve the world's problems in this little uh, Twitter back and forth that you had with your fans. Uh, so let's get right to it. Okay. Okay. So uh, Danielle at Bruins Girl Thirty Three says DJ Bean think Chris Kelly re- will return at all during the playoffs. Go. I think so because it's going to be a long playoff run for them. I still think they're going to go to the Cup Finals. I think they'll get past Montreal. Uh, they'll beat the Rangers or Pittsburgh relatively easy. So you're talking about another month, uh, you'd think, um, another month plus left of the season. So my guess would be yes, although it's rather concerning that this whole thing started with, oh, yeah, he's day-to-day with back spasms. He's fine, though. He's day-to-day. He's day-to-day. And now, what, a month later, like or close to it, it's, oh, yeah, he's doing great. He's still not on the ice, but he's doing great. So uh, my guess would be yes, but it's just a guess at this point. All right. I'm going to review that question. You, that was in 39 seconds you did that, and so well under the uh, under the uh, guidelines. Can but I bank the, uh, but, the extra 101 yeah, seconds? Yeah, I think you can, and, and absolutely. But I think what you did was you were feeling the heat right away, so you were rushing through it. I yeah. want you to be natural. I got rid of the ball too quick. You, yeah, you got you, you got you a feel for what we're dealing with. 39 seconds, that's plenty. So you're talking about 140 seconds. You're talking about a minute or two minutes and 20 seconds. It's plenty, right? You didn't, right. you you barely went over half a minute. Take your time, slow down, okay, and elaborate. You know, be a little witty. Whatever the DJ Bean does, that's why people want to talk to you. All right, all right. Next one from someone you might know, Scott McLaughlin. I know at, him at S McLaughlin nine. Need him. <laughs> you certainly do. <laughs> DJ Bean, DJ underscore Bean. Which complaint in the series has been the best? And who will be the leader in complaints when the season is over? Go. Uh, Michelle Terrian's complaint has been the best. Uh, I'm already going to change the answer, but I got time. I got 140 seconds. Claude Julien's complaint, uh, saying, explaining his bench minor by saying he told the ref that he didn't like the way he was refing the game, I thought was really funny. So that's been the best one. The most mind-boggling one has been Michelle Terrian saying that the uh, the Bruins are telling people now that they're shooting high on Carey Price, and that's how you score on him. As usual, this was started by the Canadian media. They asked Tory Krug and Dougie Hamilton about it. I, being the insanely talented reporter I am, <laughs> went back through all the goals the Bruins have scored on Carey Price uh, this this series. Yeah, a lot of them have gone in high, but they've been tipped or they've been deflected or they've skipped off the ice. Only three goals have come from shooting the puck high. The rest have been from low slap shots or the puck skipping off the ice. Or, I mean, the biggest thing is getting traffic in front of him and having him move away and shooting where he just was. So that's how they're beating Carey Price. And, uh, yeah, I don't know what Terrian's talking about, but I love the way that he says, crap. <laughs> that one popped. That one, they were playing that today. That one popped. Isn't so good, and then he goes crap. <laughs> <laughs> if they don't, if they don't use that as a drop, they're crazy. Which I'm sure they do. All the it's, you know what it is. Who is the uh, who was the um, the Cleveland Cavaliers coach? Who uh, someone sh- I forget. Someone short dunked or something. I forget what it was. Yes. And he was asked about it in the press conference, and for like a minute and a half, he was just like, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that's another one. That's another sound of bite that we're going to use as a drop. All right, 140, uh, one minute, 44 seconds, and that was nice. with a little back and forth. So we're we're getting right. we're getting our rhythm here. 
Okay. Uh, so playing off that segue, Sean Hathaway at Sean P. Hathaway. Uh, well, who was the best quality of complaints? Um, that's what he's interested in. So uh, you answered that a little bit, but who is the best quality of complaints? Who complains the best? Who complains the best? Um, I will say that Michelle Therrien complains the best because he knows his audience better. I think that when Claude says something to us, he's got some of us who buy it and some of us who are going, I don't know about that, Claude, because it's the Boston media and generally there are some people who will buy everything the coach says. There are some who are skeptical. There are some who want to be the contrarian. In Montreal... Michelle Therrien says something, and it's like, oh, okay, Michelle, we love you. All right. And then they go with it. And now, like, it's like a national story that that uh, Claude Julian is making all this stuff up, and the Bruins are lying about how they're beating Carey Price, and that it's all the narrative and blah, blah, blah. So I think Michelle Therrien is the best at it because he knows his audience, and he knows that whatever he wants to get out there, he can successfully get out there and put into the media spin machine. We got about another minute and a half left in this in this question, so I'm going to ask a follow up. Does he have a history of also uh, going down this road before? Uh, not off the top of my head that I know of, but there is a history. What he's playing off of now is that there's a history of it happening with Claude um, in 2011. There was the thing where uh, I think Claude first suggested that. The uh, that uh, Guy Boucher, a former Canadian's assistant, uh, was lobbying to get calls, and then Guy Boucher brought out the box score for his next press conference, and there was a lot of back and forth there. So I think that that's why Terrian's doing the whole, like, guys, this is nothing new. This is just the way that they operate, and that's fine. We don't pay attention to it, but here's exactly what they're doing. Okay, I thought that was a dot, dot, dot. All right. Yeah. You know what I'm learning here? That two, that two minutes and 20 seconds is a long time. Yeah. It really is. Uh, you're, you're getting plenty of information. Sounds like my second marriage, am I right? <laughs> if I had a nickel. Um, <laughs> all right. So uh, let's go to the next one. At WEI Sausage. Asked, Who could that be? Yes. Asks, why are you such a hockey hipster? I have no idea what that means, but he was adamant in getting that question across. Go. Uh, so I've been called a, a general hipster, which I don't think I really am. I'm pretty much, uh, I'm like a, an out of shape guy who like hipsters to me are like cool, skinny jeans and like bright colors and yeah. So I'm not really that hockey hipster. I'm like the, uh, for a hockey person, a person that's around hockey, I guess I'm hip because hockey isn't a very hip thing. So I'm relatively hip, but not. I wouldn't call myself a hockey hipster. But I. But for for some reason, hockey people do call me a hipster. You know, it's funny. I was watching. Uh, you were born on the exact same day as Milan Lucic. Correct, June seventh, nineteen eighty-eight. What up, Michael Sarah? Or Lucic, right? Uh, and I and they were during behind behind the B last night. I was watching that. Oh, and they, good for you. They had this incessant, um, this incessant commercial on about. A fine uh, dentistry sort of thing. Okay, I can't, I can't even remember what it was. But Milan Lucic was very good in his presentation and delivery. You're the exact same age. Do you think that you could do a commercial as well as he could? Because he he did a pretty good job looking at the camera, get citing the lines, smiling. You think you could do that? You think you're ready for commercials? 
I mean, there's only one way to find out. I guess you're Get right. at me, sponsors. Oh, but, um, yeah. No, but, I mean, to your point, Lucic is incredibly, is incredibly well-spoken. And another thing people don't really know about him, I don't know if he has photographic memory or something, but he, is, he knows everything. Everything that he's ever seen, everything that he's ever looked up, everything that he's ever read, he remembers. And he can just, like, just off the top of his head, you'll ask him a question about some player in a thousand years ago and he'll be like, yeah, well, you got to consider that they scored like 41 goals that season and that two of them were called back and that like he, he just knows everything. I, so. I, have, I have a follow-up, but I can't get it in in the 10 seconds allowed. So uh, I'll have to come back to it, find another segue into the These damn know. rules of the Bradshaw Show. Yeah, if that, only, that, that's okay. if only you, even you can't break them. Listen, it's, just, it's in the Constitution laid out years and years ago when someone said, someday there will be a Bradshaw Show, and this is how you shall do it. Yeah. Uh, okay. okay. We're going to get into, uh, I guess, a little off the beaten track. Frank Bieber's neck, at, Frank, at not Frank Beamer, says, question for DJ. Is it a dream come true to work alongside your hero and former IMAX contributor, Michael S. Hawley? Go. If I can be completely honest, yes, it is. I didn't think that I would ever get to do something like that. Like, I got to do stuff with Dale because of you. Uh, you would bring me in to be, like, kind of your third man, and when you would do weekend stuff with Dale, and I would just come in for, like, an hour. Yeah, and then, and, I, then I would leave. And then you would leave, and then I'd be, I wouldn't be stuck with Dale. But I would, it would just be me and Dale. And I would think at that time, like, wow. I, like, Dale and Holly was my favorite show growing up, just like it was everyone's favorite show. And it should be everyone's favorite show now from two to six. And um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I loved Dale and Holly. I loved their rapport, and I liked them both individually a lot. So being able to do that was really cool. But, yeah, the getting to every now and then, help out with those guys is so cool because michael yeah i mean i met michael in high school he was uh the a judge for a talent show at belmont high Do you tell him this yeah and we we talk about it because he still remembers it because he made a controversial move he did not vote for the rap group who was expected to win that talent show it was basically my, my friend melvin got up on stage and he like called all his boys up and you're like oh now everyone's in the mix but you couldn't hear them they were, like, eating the microphone. So Michael said, like, I'm sorry, can't hear you guys, you lose. And since then, like, I've had so much respect for Michael, and the fact that I get to do this is really, really cool. And that is no lie, Max. <laughs> do you get that reference? I sure do. And I bet <laughs> he does as well. Uh, by the way, I wasn't making sense during that answer because I was thinking of how I was going to do an IMAX thing. Uh, yeah, well, you, it, it, listen, it's all how you leave the audience, right? You, you know, a good movie is only punctuated, can only be right. a good movie with a good ending. Right. So I think you, you, you executed that answer perfectly. That answer had Wedding Crashers Syndrome, though. It started uh, off pretty cool, and then yeah. what even happened? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, uh, Sam Packard, at S. Pack Guy, says, uh, your career seems to have the momentum of a runaway freight train. Why are you so popular? Go. I don't like this. I don't like this stuff because. Oh, don't worry. You, you better soak it in now. Go ahead. All right. Um, if I can be honest, why am I so popular? I've never been popular in my life, but I'd like to think that it's because one, I'm charming. I have a. I'm, I'm just, I seem very likable. Well, does that translate with the ladies? It can. 
Okay. It I, can I selectively. Have to see that. Go ahead. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't try to be. Can we swear on these? Yeah. I don't try to be an asshole. Like that's that's my one thing. I try to not be an asshole to anybody. I, I'm definitely a wise ass, but I don't try to be mean or anything. And I think that in the media, a lot of people can be mean, and a lot of people want to come off as know-it-alls and stuff. And I think it's a pretty easy formula. Just don't do that, and you won't come off as a dick. Maybe I do come off as a dick, but, yeah, I don't know. No, you, you can be dickish once in a while, but we reel you in pretty quick. You're, that's what's good about you. Is that, what's I, that? Uh, you, we, can, we reel you in pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You, I think you know when you're a dick, well, and, then, and then, you know, we reel you in, and you well, said, yeah, you know, maybe you're right. I have a I have a point to make that I would like to, and if I go over the 140, I I apologize. No, you got you got you got, uh, you got some time. Okay, so like this Twitter, I have like a Twitter persona, and it's like this super like narcissistic, like really really vain idiot who, who just is not self aware at all, and that's not actually what I am. And the reason I did that was to mock a lot of people. Uh, Joe Haggerty's probably the biggest one there because he does like the I want to I want people to see me walking down the street and say that's the greatest sports writer ever. And Joe's not the only one that that, that does that. And I'm not really I'm not calling Joe out specifically, but a lot of people just like have that idea that because they're sports writers they're important, and that's so preposterous to me. So I mock that, and when people make fun of me on Twitter, I retweet it and I say like I'm the best, or I say like I'm a pro's pro, I'm a true pro. That's all really sarcastic and. As the longer you're on Twitter, and the more people that like will retweet you, stop. or like the more stop. people that see your stop. tweet, stop, stop. You reach two minutes and twenty seconds. I want people to know I'm a good guy. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna, it's like it's like uh, skipping uh, skipping an obstacle in the battle of the superstars or the battle of network stars back in the day. You're deducted time for that okay. extra for that extra statement. Um, and I, I was—I thought I was going to segue right into that Milan Lucic thing. You I just had. played the—you the, just played the music when I was given like an emotional, heartfelt acceptance speech. It's too bad. These are the that rules. was Dave Grohl like railing against computers. But you know what? That here's a lesson you can learn from that. It was a very emotional and it was very heartfelt. But yeah. you could have tightened it up and but still been under two minutes. It's still been under 140 That's seconds. That's true. That's true. So lesson learned. I right, you. We have three uh, three straight tweets here that are music related, and I know that this is one of your things that goes to the DJ underscore Bean brand. Uh, so let's get through them. At Richard Labby, L A B B. Richard Labbe from I think it's Labbe from Journal de Montreal. Oh really? I'm going to call I'm going to call him Richard Labby. Okay, come on, Richie L. Is it really Richard Labbe? It's definitely Richard. I don't know how do you, to, to pronounce his last name. But okay. Labe. Yeah. yeah, there's a little thing, uh, accent a goo at the end of the E. Um, so there you go. Yeah. Uh, DJ at DJ underscore Bean. Master of Puppets or Ride the Lightning? Ooh. Um, I'll go Master of Puppets. I know, like, I know that on paper, Ride the Lightning, like the instrumental in Ride the Lightning, Call of the Cthulhu, is better than Disposable Heroes. Uh, or, I'm sorry, is better than... Uh, Orion, but the way Master Puppets starts, Battery, Master Puppets, Thing It Should Not Be, Welcome Home, Disposable Heroes is just like, I don't love uh, Fight Fire with Fire, which is the opening track of, of Ride the Lightning, 
but that obviously that album obviously packs a punch. I love Creeping Death. Uh, Fade to Black is one of the best like dark, heavy ballads out there. But yeah, for me, I go Master Puppets. I, that was like when I was growing up, learned to play guitar and stuff. It was very important to me that I learned how to play every song in that Master Puppets album, and I can't really play any of them because it's so good and so fast. But yeah, that's. I, I love Master of Puppets. Okay, we're going to bank some time here and go to the next one. At Dirty Water Buzz, at DJ Bean, at DJ underscore Bean, Nirvana or Pearl Jam, go. That's a tough one for me because I maintain that Nirvana is an incredibly overrated group because they're consi- like their, th- their, their three studio albums are amazing. Like Pound for Pound, they should actually be considered one of the, the greatest groups of all time. But I think that they're considered one of the greatest groups of all time because they're considered to have broken some ground and reached some uncharted territory. In my mind, that territory was all reached years earlier by the Pixies. So I think that Nirvana is like, I generally hold this grudge against Nirvana and people who consider them to be great. Like, the Pixies showed that you could be like dirty and mangy and like play major chords where there should be minor chords and still be really melodic and cool. The Pixies did that before Nirvana. Um, I personally prefer Pearl Jam is the long answer to that question. Okay, it wasn't that long. It was still under a minute. But what we're going to do for these music questions, and there's one more, uh, we're cutting the time in half. It's half a tweet. Uh, half a verbal tweet, which is going to be 120 seconds because uh, just because. Okay. Um, better artist. This is from at RJ Greenwood. Better artist, Smash, Smash Mouth or D-Light. Go. Smash Mouth or Delight? Jeez. Uh, so the reason I'm going to say Smash Mouth is because only one song comes to mind when we think of Delight. I know they, they had some actually, they had a lot of like number ones um, on whichever genre's chart they were. I forget what, the, what they're even considered. It was some dancey adult thing. Um, but Smash Mouth had like three success, like really successful albums. Like Astro Lounge, that was the one. That was their second one, the one that had All Star. Like Then the Morning Comes is probably Smash Mouth's best song, and you don't even think of that song when you talk about Smash Mouth. So Smash Mouth had a deep enough catalog that like great songs kind of went unnoticed. All right, good answer. And uh, so we're going to move on from the music questions. I, I, I feel like that you have been let out of jail every time you're asked about music, that this is what you truly, this is your calling. Is that accurate? No, I, no. Okay. I mean, All right. This, it's just, it makes you, everyone needs a hobby and everyone needs a passion. Exactly. So I'm, I probably sound more passionate about music because, uh, it's, like, it's, how can like you when not? I was a kid, I would go to hockey practice and I would come home and play guitar. So it's just like the thing that, that you do because it's it's your life, and then there's the thing that, like, when you want to kick back, you think about music. Do you think Milan Lucic did that? Do you think that he went to concerts and then came home and played hockey? I bet you if, <laughs> I bet you if Milan Lucic tried to play any instrument, he would be a virtuoso within two hours. Here's my Milan Lucic question, which I've been trying to force in since you were born on the exact same day as him. Do you ever look at him and say, how can you? How, how have you accomplished so much and look so old and, and, and look so worldly and, and been so many places and done so many things and you were born on the exact same day as myself and yet I am sitting here with my pinstripe suit driving up to Canada? 
can I use the first 138 seconds to cry? Like, what a mean answer. What a mean question. It's, listen, this is, here, but here's the reality. Do you ever look at everybody else and think, oh, man, there's so much No, but here's, here's the reality. And in, in when I was your age, I kind of felt this way, is that, is that I remember Emmett Smith, and I can't remember if Emmett Smith was the same age or a little bit older or whatever. He won the Super Bowl MVP, and I'm thinking, this guy won the Super Bowl MVP. And he's this age. Like, wh- what am I doing? I'm, I'm covering the all-state cross-country meet out in Gardner. So it's not meant to be mean or negative or anything else like that. And, and this isn't the reality because you've carved out a pretty good life for yourself and a pretty good uh, path to your profession. But it, it just, to me, it always entered your mind when you find someone that's around the same age, never mind the exact same age. Yeah, no, I, I actually do think about it every year. So there are two people who were born the same days, me, Milan Lucic and Michael Serra. Uh, both of those guys were dropped in Canada, and I, so I personally blame the fact that I was raised in, as an American that uh, for, for my lack of, of success relative to Milan Lucic and Michael well, Serra. Well, yeah, I think everyone knows that Canada is much more accepting of greatness. So Right, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. Old, old, I mean, look at what they do to Lucic in Vancouver. Maybe I think, they're not accepting I of think, greatness. I, I think, though, you've broken through. You've broken through to stardom, so congratulations. I'm the American uh, underdog. You, you certainly are. <laughs> yeah, the greatest American hero. Uh, <laughs> okay, we have two more. And the first one comes from at K-E-L-X- H-E-L, at DJ underscore Bean. It's not even a question. It says, at DJ underscore Bean is a little cutie. Your response. You're right. That isn't even a question. There is no question there. I, no. You, th- thank you. All right, let me follow that up. So you were in the studio and somebody was texting you, asking you out on a date or something like that, right? I can address that one honestly, too. But okay. Yeah, go uh, for no, it. That, well, there you go. I Address it. So personally, I don't like the idea, and I have, lot, I have lots of friends who have met people on Twitter and through social media and stuff. I personally am not interested. Like, I would not date somebody who found me on Twitter and followed me or as someone who listened to me on the radio and texted in. And Like, I don't like the idea of meeting someone who already has an idea of you, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, I, I price prefer... Of fame. What's that? It's the price of fame. I guess. Uh, Do you accept everybody on Facebook? No, no, no. I barely, honestly, Rob, I barely accepted you. I don't accept anybody new. I don't friend anybody on Facebook. Like if I if I meet some, like if I meet a girl and I'm like dating them, I won't friend them on Facebook because I believe in like organically getting to know somebody and having conversations and things like that. So you're not taking advantage of the hockey groupies. No, definitely. Like honestly, definitely not. Wait, wait, so I, I believe in meeting what, somebody, what, what, them not knowing who you are, and then you get to know each other, said, and then bam. You just said honestly, like it's actually an option, like that 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 the hockey groupies are waiting outside the press box for you to come out and and no, well, no, like and, and, people and, do. And, do you ever see the, you ever see uh, you ever see Man on Wire, the Oscar-winning uh, documentary about the guy no. who walked across the World Trade Center? Well, well, my favorite line in that is when after he does it, he walks across the World Trade Center on on a line. He gets arrested. He goes to the police station. He says he's this French guy, so I'm going to do a bad French accent. But he comes out of the police station. He says, oh, you know, when there was a a woman there and she says, I want to be uh, the first to to, uh, make love to the, the person who walks across the buildings. 
And he's like, so we went to back to the apartment and we had an explosion of love. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. I don't even know what the question was anymore. I just, I just got lost in that yeah, the, perfection. The explosion of love. Anyway, let's get to this last one. Because uh, one thing I want to emphasize in the Bradford show is quick to the point, not too long. Although uh, on your drive back from Montreal in a couple of days, we can, you can relish this. That that's a great thing about a podcast, right? Once right. you get into Canada and can turn on your internet again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm into America, into Vermont. Right. Okay, at BFord323, that is not me, at DJ underscore Bean, why do I follow you still? It's so bad, and I can't look away. Go. I say this all the time. I wish there were a statistic on Twitter. Remember on Twitter's anniversary when they had the feature where you could find what your first tweet was? Yes. Next Next Twitter anniversary, whenever that, whichever one they want to celebrate, they need to show how many times you've been followed. Because I'd really be interested to see how many times each of us have been followed and then unfollowed. And I don't blame anyone who unfollows me because, like, people, like, my friends who don't really understand Twitter, they're like, wow, you have, like, this many followers. That's so cool. Like, you're famous, or like people must like you, and it's like no, they follow me because, and just just like they follow you, Rob, they follow you because they're Red Sox fans. They follow me because they're Bruins fans. They follow Chris Price because they're Patriots fans. It's as simple as that. And they're expecting Patriots stuff. They're expecting Red Sox stuff. They're expecting Bruins stuff. So when they follow someone who's really bad at Twitter, like me, it's natural for them to unfollow. So I don't blame these, this person for unfollowing. My question is, why do people? when they're thinking of unfollowing, like, ask you about it. It's like, it's like dating somebody and then them saying, like, oh, man, it's like, I, I'm thinking I should break up with you, but I don't think I'm going to do it. Okay, what do you want to do later? You know, like, just unfollow me or Yeah, you don't. know, because they feel guilty. I had, a, I, I had a, a slap in the face realization of that just yesterday where and Kirk, after we did our podcast yesterday, um, said, you know, I want to do one where we do the demise of sports movies. I said, great. You know, I want to bring someone else in. And the, the logical person to bring in that conversation is Billy Zabka, right? Okay. So of the Karate Kid, mm-hmm. the, the bad kid and the Karate Kid. And also known as the, uh, the is he, he's part of the wedding party in How I Met Your Mother. Uh, I don't know, but he's also a diver in... Um, Back to school with Rodney Dangerfield, oh, but okay. but he will he will get on this podcast, I guarantee you. But he also used to follow me because we had a back and forth at one nice. point, and that went away. Uh, so, and I don't blame him. To your point, I don't. I, does he want to read about Red Sox lineups? I mean, enough is enough, right? Yeah. But, but I try to. You still try to. You, you can't get around it. You try to limit it. You try to be as witty and funny and, and give people, I guess, who are following you for the reasons that you don't necessarily. Uh, think, you know, for right. uh, other than Red Sox or other than Bruins, you give them a little something every once in a while, right? So keep their appetite going. You know how it is. The sad thing is when they first start following you, and like, so we're similar on Twitter. We we both try to be like funny and colorful and try to think of different ways to engage people. And the sad thing is when you get like some, you can tell that the person just started following you because they'll tweet, <laughs> "Oh man, like at DJ Bean got me rolling. This guy's hilarious. So glad I followed him." And you're like, you are like four hours away from hating the fact that you followed me. Like it's gonna get old so quick. If that guy on Man on Wire had Twitter back in 1972, he'd be yeah. tweeting, across, going across back and forth. 
What emoji would he use for the love explosion? Uh, uh, well, I was going to say, but you really, you know, at the end of the day, it's not for him. It's not about who cares how many Twitter followers he would have had. He still had that moment where he went back to the apartment and had the explosion of love. Right. So, so um, on that note, you got to get going over the Bruins. Uh, yeah. We've cost the company about a million dollars with this phone call. This is worth it. So, anyway, good job, and uh, and uh, make sure that you make everyone aware of the, the uh, soon-to-be award-winning Brad Fro show. Oh, I will. Okay. All right. We'll see you later. Toodles, Rob. New on Curiosity Stream. With my infrared drone, I can see what others can't. Drone pilot Doug Thrawn uses his bird's eye view for the ultimate good, saving animals from desperate situations around the globe. Join the rescue effort on a new season of Doug to the Rescue. And you captured a Confederate steamboat? We're taking the ship to freedom. An enslaved crew, a stolen vessel, and a Civil War dash to salvation on impossible escapes. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano-spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors have the expertise to find exactly what you need and the ethics to do the right thing, even when it's the harder thing. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. 